every episode starts off with me talking. Right. I edit it so that I always am the one who starts talking. Just because I wanted someone to go, has anybody ever noticed that the episodes always fade in with him talking? (laughs) And someone (laughs) found that out. And I was like, I can't believe that you noticed that. And now I don't do it anymore. There's no reason to do it anymore. Um, There's several hidden uh, codes in the uh, bios of certain episodes uh, I, I'm not going to tell anybody how to solve them, but, you know, like, there's, there's that. I do a lot, dude. I have a lot of fun. Okay, and nobody so, knows. Uh, Zodiac Killer confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best, it really is. The best part of it is that I have a lot of fun, and no one has any idea that I'm having fun. <laughs> nobody knows. It's like a really good inside joke. That's hilarious. No, I haven't really gotten... Uh... Hadn't gotten too uh, brave to start doing little uh, little gotchas like that. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of fun there. Hey, it's not even you don't even have to be brave about it because you you almost don't expect people to ever notice. That's you true. know That's I true. don't I don't ever expect anyone to notice. I kind of just do it because in editing, you know, it makes me giggle. <laughs> there's been times and I and I've told Carr about these times, so it's not like he doesn't know. But there's been times. When I have literally edited Carr's voice, like I, I've actually, I mean, there's a, I remember distinctly there was one episode where I straight up inserted something that Carr said, <laughs> and it was from an earlier episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I inserted it in where he never said it, <laughs> because I think because the audio screwed up, so I was like. I need to find something that fits here. It was a little thing. It was like a little, it was just a little comment. Yeah. It was just a little comment that he made and I had to recycle it in and I gave him the timestamps of the two times that he said it (laughs) and he was listening to it and comparing it. It was a lot. It was good, man. Yeah. It's, it's almost criminal how much fun I have podcasting. I really love it. Yeah. So I can almost see the, uh, the comment that you inserted was probably just a typical car. uh, Yeah, man. Yeah, right. He says right. that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, he's he has. It's weird. No, that's the other thing that's weird, right? Is when you have a podcast, people like he think of you, you know, not really as you know you the individual person, but you the podcast personality. Right. And um, and and what's weird about that is they kind of characterize you they turn you into a character and one of the things that a character does that everybody notices about a character is that they have catchphrases and and in real life i do have catchphrases i do say things a lot but i never noticed them and and suddenly now that i'm on the show people are like do you realize that you say this all the time when you one person brought up that um and I try not to do it as much anymore, but it is kind of a good way to signal to everybody that the episode is wrapping up. I used to sigh a specific sound when I was ready to, you know, introduce the end of the episode. It's like, um, <sighs> yeah, it was like, huh, well, like, you know, like, a, huh, that was, uh, a good, you know, like a leaving experience. And someone pointed that out to me. I was like, oh, God, that's hurt. That like fucks me up to my core knowing that i'm just an npc like everybody else i'm just repeat dialogue over and over as if i'm a machine it's terrible it's very crushing when you think about it (laughs) Uh, yeah i know part of 
Yeah, See, so. when I speak, I don't realize how much crutch language I actually use. And then when I go back to uh, edit the audio, I'll find all the ums, you knows, and oh, then the, the lip smacking before starting the little. Oh, that's a big one. I, lip smacking. Like, I was like, oh, I can't believe I do this so much. Yeah, yeah, I have a tendency to do a lot of things, include shout into the microphone. <laughs> because I'm trying to get my point across. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a real trip. How long have you been doing your show for? Uh, since July, you're, you're, you're almost at 150. You had said, because that's 150 episodes. You're going to have the super special with me and, and, uh, yeah, I broke a hundred right at the same time. Y'all broke a hundred. Oh, our hundredth yes, episode was the same that's Wednesday. Right. And oh I, my God! Really? Yeah. Oh yeah! I actually I remember someone bringing that up. I remember someone saying that. Well, twinning. I really like that. But when did you start? Do you do every week? Uh, not at first. When I was um, starting it out, I was kind of doing it just kind of willy nilly. Maybe once a week, maybe uh, twice a week, uh, and that was back in uh, 2017, in July actually. So that was when I started. Oh man, you you. I was going to say you started yours probably. Yeah, you started yours definitely earlier than we started ours. Yeah, but I was I was never consistent with it up until like the last year and a half or so, where I would just drop it every Wednesday morning at five a.m. Oh, five a.m. Huh? That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. That way, I never realized wake up, how many it's in their podcatcher. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. We uh, we always I don't know why we choose the day and the time that that we chose. I, uh, I, I, I have no idea. It's a very odd time when you think about it. Wednesday at noon. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Very strange time. Yeah. I Wednesday do, at I, noon I, is like a judge show on one of the Fox channels. Yeah. Yeah. Very, it's, it's very strange that we chose that. Um, and I really don't know why there's no reason why it couldn't be Wednesday at midnight, you know, like to, right. to break into Wednesday. There's no reason why it couldn't be that, but Wednesday at noon, man, it sticks. Yeah. Uh, I think that, the reason why I like that mine is Wednesday at noon is because it, it serves two functions. It serves one function of, you know, the episode goes up at the same time as the tweet. And so if you're just scrolling Twitter at noon, let's say you're home, you're sick or something. Right. Then the episode quite literally drops hot <laughs> when you see that tweet. And I think that encourages people to go and listen to it because it's, oh, shit, this is new. You know, it doesn't just sit there. And get buried over by other episodes that released, you know, at another time because yeah. it kind of occupies weird space. Um, and then secondarily, uh, what I noticed about it, because I like to listen to my own show, I really enjoyed the parts where it's not me talking. <laughs> uh, and what I really noticed was, oh, man, when I go into work, there's nothing in the podcatcher from the Friends Against Government podcast. But when I get out of work, it's oh, my God, there it is. It, and it and I've noticed that most people who listen to our show are driving home from work. Yeah. Um, and I'm super happy to occupy that period of time because you're a hardworking man. I mean, like, get the 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 five to ten minutes of leaving work is like a sacred time. You know, there's like it's like almost like a you enter heaven. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> It's like you leave work and then for those first five minutes when you leave work where you're not even really concerned about having to travel home, but right. you're leaving the job. It's a very nice time 
and I want to, I want to, I want our podcast to occupy that period of time for people. <laughs> that would be great. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, usually when I catch it, it's like right after lunch. Uh, so yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. And I listen while I work. So it's, uh, I'll have, I think now I've got like 40 or 50 uh, podcasts in my uh, subscribe feed. So right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'll if I would ever choose another day to release, and again, like I said, we we were we've been planning, you know, a big, big thing. Um, if I ever had to choose a new day to release, I would choose Sunday, because no one, no one drops episodes on Sunday. Uh, but there's a whole lot of people I know that work on Sunday, right? Um, and run through their episodes during the week for everything else. And so on Sunday, it's a really dead and boring day. That's this is literally the case for me. I would definitely choose Sunday, uh, 2 p.m., you know, catch the people coming home from church. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It would be, I, I'm trying to think of the least convenient time to possibly release on a Sunday. Um, and I think, I think it might be 2 p.m. Uh, that's when I would do it. I don't know, man. I, I love the clout and I love building the image, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very chaotic in that. I would rather do a bad job in a funny way yeah. than actually do a good thing for my own show. <laughs> yeah, just, it's, I don't know. I like yeah. to laugh too much. Bring that one up to car. It was like, okay, so instead of Wednesday at noon, we're going to drop it at Sunday at 2, 11 p.m. Sunday, Sunday at 2. Yeah, Sunday at 2. He'd be like, he'd be like I'm going to release it myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Sunday, 2, 11 p.m. in the afternoon. Right. Just, just right. time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that way people oh, would man. think, is there something wrong with my podcatcher? I mean, nobody releases it at 2, 11. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> well, then uh, next week you do it at like two oh nine. You know. <laughs> yeah, that would that. You know what was real is really crazy now that I think about that is back to the beginning of the recording and editing of the show, uh, my show. Um, the way that I would use to release episodes was I would never preload them. I would because I had off on Wednesday. I would edit the episode on Wednesday, and when it was done, I would release it. Ah. And so it it really messes with my, my need for orderly uh, uh, stat keeping when I look at the er- scheduled times of the early released episodes. Because right. I take a lot of pride in the fact that we don't miss Wednesday. So every time you look at Wednesday on my schedule, there's an episode there. I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Um, and another thing I take a lot of pride in is that now we release on Sunday, uh, on Wednesday at noon all the time. If you scroll through my list of posts, it's all that time besides the bonus episodes. Right. It's all that time. And I really like that. But then I go back to like episode 20 <laughs> and everything earlier than that. And it's nuts. <laughs> it, it is bizarre some of the times. One of them was like 2 p.m. One of them was like, <laughs> you know, 408. <laughs> yeah, 4.08. Really bizarre times. You know, like most of them would be like 12, 16. Yeah. It's, it just really bothers me. <laughs> it really bothers me a lot when that, that's sitting there like that. feels like an untidy room that I'll never, I'll never be able to clean. <laughs> It's that one little spot in the carpet that you that you just can't yeah. quite clean. 
Yeah. You've done all kinds of carpet cleaners to it and just nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A big wine stain on my podcasting carpet. Yep. Now I think we've just arrived at the title of this episode. (laughs) The wine. Yeah. Good. The wine stain. We used to do that too. (laughs) Actually, now that I think about it, the way that I used to name episodes was um, someone – at some point in the episode, I would hear someone say something and just write it down. And that yeah. would be the name of the episode. Yeah. That's how I used to do it. And then Mark Claire pointed out to me one time uh, that good old Mark one of the Claire. things. Yeah, Mark. Good Mark. Good. The good boy. Yeah. Uh, he pointed out to me one time that one of the things that he noticed about my show. Well, and it, and he was saying it that he, he thought it was really funny. And I think it's funny. I don't think it's convenient for people. Uh, the way that my show used to work was I would take, like I said, I would take a, a part of something someone said and, and make it the title. And Mark said, I noticed that, M- you know, Mark no- had noticed that that was what we did right. and that the problem with that was, but he thought it was funny, was that that doesn't tell you at all about what happens in the episode. No. And he said it in a much better way than that. He was like, one of the things that I really like about your show is that your episode titles have nothing to do with you know what's yeah, going on in the episode. The episode. And I heard yeah. that and I was like, you're right. That is probably genuinely something a lot of people think is funny, but it makes it very difficult to convey <laughs> what's going on in the episode, especially since I stopped, you know, putting, you know, featuring blah blah blah, featuring blah 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 so yeah. that people now don't even know who shows up on the episode. I really like the casualness that we approach our 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 posting of episodes and descriptions and, you know, the way we carry our show, yeah. but like at the same time it makes it very inconvenient to like so for example we were trying to look something up on an episode we just recorded we wanted to see you know what number episode was the uh, episode we recorded with a, a given person so we i tried to look it up and the episode title was didn't have the name of the person who was in it <laughs> it did not have any of the memorable parts of the episode quoted in the title it right. was like something completely unrelated probably because it was a day when i uploaded it and and didn't like remember what was actually happening on the episode because it was recorded two weeks earlier than the upload date so i'm looking at the file and i'm like i know i have to post this but i completely forget what's going on inside of it so i'll load it up and listen to a random portion of the episode and just go okay whatever this is called and and you know last week i bought that and it's really it, it's I I I'm so sh- ashamed of myself sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, there goes so that old of Catholic sometimes. guilt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so ashamed of myself sometimes. The way that I treat this this child of mine, but at the same time, it's like this people lo- love how insane it is. And if I right. tried to make it better, it would lose that quality. You know, it would actually just lose the the magic to it. So I'm in a, stuck in a very strange place. Yeah, I've always thought that uh, podcasts like ours just it has to be like semi professional, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's always that Everybody little bit of imperfection a to it. Space there, yeah, right. I mean, I'll let you know the Joe Rogans and the and the whatever just be the you know the fully produced thing, you know. But podcasts like ours just need to be just to have that little touch of oh, they just kind of cobbled this together in an afternoon, didn't they? <laughs> I have. I have got, you know, with what I was just saying to you before, one thing that I'd like to do is add more of my own shows to the feed, you know, like shows that I don't do with car, but that fall under our label. Yeah. And really, I am 
all about a recording episodes that are just completely fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Out of control insanity. Um, I, I really think that there's a market for that. Yeah. There's sometimes that people just want to listen to five or six guys shouting at one another drunk. <laughs> Yeah, that's and, uh, some of my favorite episodes of the you know the lines of liberty because they have that uh, libertarians in living yeah. rooms drinking liquor. Uh, right. Yeah, those are always so fun. And then uh, because my style is a little more just conversational, like this this whole time I've started recording a, a while back, so this is actually part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. You see, you yeah. and me are, are funny like that. I everybody knows when when you hop on a recording with me. It is recording the minute you start talking. Right. I, I make it very clear <laughs> because <laughs> there is no good way to stop and start. We tried that a long time ago, you know, where we used to do, okay, hey, we were just having a conversation right now. Give me 10 seconds. Yeah. And now we intro the show. It's like it really <laughs> ruins the flow of the show. I'm sorry. And by... And I also ruined the flow of the show because I completely interrupted you. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, no. That's okay. I'm used to being interrupted on my own show. Monica Perez did it quite a lot. So, Oh, <laughs> uh, Monica. Yeah, but Monica's another, another pride of New York individual who really – that's just how we all speak to one another. Is yeah. We all just kind of – because I think the thing about New Yorkers is they will just keep talking to fill the silence. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, there's no point at which – I think it's why we're, we're, a lot of us are good radio hosts and podcasters, though, is because of that. Is because just, we need to just keep talking. So if you, it, there will be no moment of pause. You kind of just have to step in and go, all right, now I need to say this. And I think it takes a lot of other people by surprise. <laughs> Another possible title for the show, Filling Dead Air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I guess uh, I guess we'll uh, narrow it down. So whenever this gets released, you'll see which one I picked. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And Happy I, New Year's, by the way. Oh, yes. Because, yes. So what was the logic, if I could ask, behind um, the four people who were put up there? Uh, they were all – I was honored. I was honored to be put up there, really. Yeah, they, they were all um, people that uh, I've either interviewed before and kind of wanted to get back on uh, or people that I haven't had yet. So that was uh, you and Paz. So Raylene oh, yeah, and uh, and uh, Pete, I've had on the show before, and they're always kind of fun to have on. So, and oh my like, god, I've never had Raylene on, but I have had Pete on a number of times, and I've 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 gone drinking with Pete a number of times, and he is just one of my favorite people on yeah. the whole planet. Yeah, he's, he is really is. He and I are such different human beings, and I <laughs> I love it. I can't. I don't like people who are like me, and every time I talk to him i am on the edge of my seat because with pete you know one minute we could be talking about nothing in particular and then the next minute he goes you know i met that guy and i'm like <laughs> wait a minute what do you mean you met that guy and he was like yeah i met that guy that one time you know that his daughter has a like this problem and i'm like what <laughs> you know what i mean like like, like, I, I, like, he will. Ju he just knows so much shit <laughs> that right. I'm like every minute. I'm like, I'm like salivating. I'm like, you know, this guy and then this person was talking shit about this. I, I feel very much the same way. I don't know if you've ever interviewed him before, and if you haven't, you really should because he's a wealth of knowledge. Feel that way. I've been having a fostering relationship with uh, Phil from Punk Rock Libertarians. Um, he and I do 
uh, like politics episodes now about the Libertarian Party because he's really into the Libertarian Party. Like he's really deep yeah. in on the news there. And I can feel the same way about him. Just people who every time you talk to them, their specific sphere of knowledge, they got something new for you. Right. I just it is such a eclectic thing for me being a New Yorker because the way that my kind of people interact is we you see them at work once a week. And so once a week, you know, it's like, here's my news of the week for you. And I die. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to add to my own story. Just weave into it this next piece of information you're going to give. Me. I love it. So yeah. I really, really dig people like that who do I hear from them all the time? Not really. I mean, Pete and I interact every day in, in, in the meme chat where he sends me memes all the time. And I fucking there's some of them are absolutely uh, debaucherous and ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. out of control. Uh, and, and we interact every day, but I, you know, I don't talk to him every day. So when we get a chance to talk, he is always like, I got some new shit for you about that thing. Yeah. And I just, I can't get enough of it. It feel, feels like I'm on a quest and I just got a new piece of, uh, I like, I, I just fulfilled a new checkpoint and now I'm on the next checkpoint. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely that way. I had him on my uh, 50th episode uh, and it was actually probably about a year ago. Uh, and I tried to get him back on to uh, do kind of like, all right, well, let's follow up with our predictions that we saw that we were trying to go through at the time. <clears throat> and uh, it, it was like, he was like, oh man, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't either. I'd have to go yeah. back and actually listen to the episode again. Yeah. He, he yeah, he, he, uh, we just covered so astonishing. much. Yeah. There was one time I think uh, we were talking about, I don't, nothing in particular. We were in a bar and we were talking about nothing in particular. And then he just drops this piece of information that he interviewed this guy who knew, you know, a specific thing about uh, Ruby Ridge. Yeah. And I was in, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it was conversation about nothing in particular. It was like, so the other day I was interviewing this guy who wrote this book about Ruby Ridge. I'm looking at him I'm like, huh? You did what? It's captivating. It's yeah. captivating. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, you're not going to stump him ever. Cause I, I think even if you took like a left turn, I never have. Yeah. I never once have I ever said anything to him that has made him go, really? Yeah. Like, I, I, I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to do it, but he's just the kind of guy who either he really does know everything or the shit that he doesn't know. He does a great job of pretending like he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I can't tell. I really, I can't tell. He just never is surprised about shit. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably like circle talk his way around it, and then it's like, oh yeah, and then by the way, you know, dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's unbelievable. It's an incredible talent. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite people. I do not know Raylene. Oh, Raylene is the uh, the co-host with uh, Johnny Rocket on Blast Off. Oh yeah! Oh man! She okay, is yes, awesome. I do know Raylene. She is awesome. She is awesome. What is your relationship with her? How many times has she been on? Uh, she's been on a couple of times, and every every time we like start off with one topic, and then we'll just kind of like drive away and do something else while we're while we're talking. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, yeah. She, um, ah, God, how did I how did I interact with her first? I think she. All right. So after the 2018 Libertarian Convention. Oh, I was there. I yeah. was there in New Orleans uh, because you know, uh, I used to live oh, like an really? hour. Yeah, I was. I used to live like an hour away. So, oh man. So after the convention, like my friend requests on uh, Facebook and everything, just 
you know, shot through the roof. Like everybody that I had met, people that were just kind of there <laughs> and we sure, maybe not yeah. even talked. We And I think we uh, friended each other after that. But uh, since nice. then, okay. we've we've gotten um, pretty conversational and, and stuff. So I always kind of joke around and call her my sister from another mister. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, she's great. She uh, <laughs> and she won't hold back either. I mean, if she's going to tell you something fucking sucks, she's going to tell you that. You know, it's uh, oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, she, she's a great chick. Yeah, I like that. I got to familiarize myself with her more. Yeah. Um, I will. I will. I actually to do that. I will listen to your episodes with her. That would be a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty uh, great, and uh, she also yeah, um, she's she's great. Yeah, she's been on a couple of those uh, libertarians in living living rooms drinking liquor uh, episodes as well. So. Oh, okay, good. That's another good format to introduce yourself to somebody. Yeah, I uh, I loved when I did it. I loved. Have you have you done one? I haven't done one yet, but you know, I just did uh, Mark Claire of, uh, a few weeks ago. So he's been yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I knew that you were on his show, and really, once once you're on Lines of Liberty, I think you really are in the you know potential pool for yeah. <laughs> Come on that! Come on the come on the get get drunk podcast yeah. <laughs> because it's really unbelievable that libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor is the name of something that you are supposed to be able to say when you're drunk. Right? It's ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. I could I could barely say it when I'm sober. I, it is it is definitely a tongue twister. I mean, you're not going to just rattle it off really quickly. You got to think about what you're saying before you say it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. Oh, um, and 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 so yeah, I I I would love to have Raylene on uh, the podcast. By the way, I think that's one great way of get just getting to know somebody is just do it on air. Oh yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a great way to do it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, she, uh, and she pause, can definitely keep up, and uh, it's it, it's can. a great thing. <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah, I will I will definitely be um, uh, contacting her. Yeah. Uh, the other one was the other one was pause, and uh. Paz is like a really close friend. Yeah. Um, one of the best friends that I've made over the internet. Um, one of the best friends who I've never met in person. Um, uh, he's fantastic. I, in this, in a similar way to Pete, uh, Paz is somebody who, when they got shit to tell you, Holy fuck, you better buckle up because it is absolutely <laughs> out of control. I remember distinctly that I, I originally met him through a – originally through the Anarchy Ball. I don't know if you were on this. You might have been. Um, but originally on Anarchy Ball's original uh, Twitter chat, which is still in existence but is – quite a bit different than it was when it was originally created in 2017. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, it was bopping. It was wild. I mean, all of the big names were on there. I like big to us, but yeah. all of the big names were on there. And I met Paz on there initially. And then I think that he had left or he had, yeah, he might've had left. And then I created um, a discord for the podcast, which I personally no longer use. Actually, I didn't create it. Somebody else had created it and offered me to be able to use it. Right. And I still leave it up, though I don't interact in it anymore because I just don't really use Discord. But uh, I, then early on, the way that I got to become familiar with Pause was on Discord. I created a you know hashtag conspiracy room. Um, <laughs> and, and every single day, Pause 
And shout out to anybody who knows Bashkirian Prince. Yeah, uh, I think he follows me on Twitter as well. Shout out to him. One of the legends of 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 comedy in the trolling world. Yeah. Uh, somebody who is able to, and, and it's amazing if you don't know this about him, the way he's able to get rises out of people. He's just a, a goddamn genius. So shout out to him, Prince, if you're listening. Um, so pause would basically the first big conspiracy pause ever told me about was the biblical giants. And, um, which oh, I yeah, am, yeah. which I'm actually, which I'm actually sold on at this point because it's been two years of researching it from from out. It's incredible. Uh, but did you ever watch the, the TED talk from the, the TED talk? Which one from who? Oh, there is this uh, this guy. He was like a, a stonemason or whatever, and he gave like a TEDx talk. You know, it's not like the main stage TED talk. But sure. yeah, he gave it on giants and having the double row of teeth and everything. And then the History Channel gave him a show that I think only lasted like five or six episodes. But uh, mm. yeah, that TED talk was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that. So he introduces me to that conspiracy theory, and every single day, really, pause is great because no matter what you have to, if you want to ask him about something, yeah. he will know a conspiracy theory related to it. And this is how I got to become familiar with him. Yeah. And um, I mean, he is—he can put me on the edge of my seat sometimes too, man. Like he is a fantastic character. Yeah, uh, I, I introduced him I really... to a uh, television conspiracy. That he didn't know oh, about. Did you? Yes. Oh. All right. So you Which, know the show I, uh, Murder She Wrote, right? Yeah. All right. Jessica Fletcher is the most prolific serial killer in all of TV history. She uses her uh. mystery novel shtick to set up people in this small town in Maine because she'll, you know, sit around, hear other people's conversations, and then she can get it to where the people who know each other can make it look like the person uh, is guilty all the time. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I told this one to my wife, and uh, she was like, you know, now I can't watch these reruns on uh, uh, like Netflix or whatever without thinking about Jessica Fletcher and how she would murder these people. <laughs> and right. I was like, yep, yep. Yeah, that's a good one. That yeah. is actually a good one. Yeah, I yeah I love that shit. I love when people can just be like conspiracy theory. There's actually our um, it's it, I actually am about I'm actually getting anxious just thinking about it. But our episode that's coming out on New Year's Day, Weird's Day actually, which is pretty yes. nice. Um, Mine will be out before yours. <laughs> yes, that episode. Um, actually, I it'll actually, be this episode. We'll be out before. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, okay, so the <laughs> companion episode for yes. my show to this podcast. So, show, which so is, listen to this podcast before. first, and then no, you should actually, yeah. you should actually, be, because what I'm about to say will lead up to the episode which we've already recorded, but is releasing after this episode. Yeah, um, car. I, I basically car and I on air uh, read out some text messages that we've exchanged with one another uh, to it, relating to an incident where I actually explains to Carr the wildest conspiracy theory that I really believe. And even just reading it back on the show, <laughs> you could Carr was having heart palpitate. Like he was having an anxiety attack reading it back to me because phantom he, time he, hypothesis. No, but no, but it's weird because he'll explain it better on the episode we recorded that he is 
clearly the more insane of the two of us when it comes to conspiracy theories. <laughs> he believes them more than I do. Anybody who knows me knows I am not a conspiracy theory believer at right. all. Really, right. I don't believe in most conspiracy theories. But this one conspiracy theory that I explained to Carr is so absolutely, and I admit it, out of control, insane, mm-hmm. and would imply so much about the whole world that the fact that Carr knows that I believe it is scaring him because it <laughs> makes him want to believe it. Right. Um, so just tune in when you tune into that. Just I think really it's funny because we did a, a an award show, you know, for uh, New Year's. Right. We do our award show <laughs> and we gave a prediction for worst libertarian. Um, Sam Coppinger. Do. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. But I don't think he falls into the libertarian category. Yeah. <laughs> um, Those who uh, purport to be libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. But but yeah. So we, we we did an award show, and then at one point, Aaron is the guest host. Um, and at one point, we stop and we go, Aaron, did we ever tell you? Like we quite literally in the middle of the show, we stopped the show. And go, did we ever tell you about this text exchange that Carr and I had? And he was like, no, I've never heard it. <laughs> and we were like, oh, fuck. Pull up the texts. And we paused the show. <laughs> and we started re-recording when we found the text. And we were like, okay, interruption is coming. Because this is too, this is like breaking news, yeah. the fact that we remembered it happened. And we read the texts out loud. And I, reading the back, I didn't know how crazy I could get but I can get really crazy and, <laughs> and hearing the things that I actually genuinely believe, but hearing them in a context where, you know, Aaron is laughing his ass off going, yes, yeah. Like he's like encouraging pure, he clearly he's has the idea of pure chaos in his voice. You know, right. like he is just happy that this is the most chaotic thing he's ever heard. And Carr is actually near, nearing a mental breakdown and a nervous uh, panic attack um, <laughs> because the, the thing that I said was so insane. Um, it was blowing those am, star-shaped glasses right off his face. <laughs> right off of his face. <laughs> and I'm looking back at it, considering the fact that my two friends are interact uh, are, are, uh, are um, acting in such a way, you know, based on what I'm reading, I'm looking at myself like, holy shit, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> so uh, look forward to when that episode drops what it is that I, my conspiracy theory was <laughs> well now uh, I can't wait man I gotta yeah ooh, that, yeah yeah Wednesday's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah man I'm telling you Wednesday's gonna be a lot of fun and now time for a break right here in the middle of the show Harry Chussman out uh Hold on a second. Harry Chessman just walked in. Yes, Harry. Hey, Rubble, guess what? Um, I, I really don't have time for this, Harry. No, 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 just really. Guess what? Uh, what? Childerberg! Uh, yeah, Childerberg. Gotcha. It's not happening for a while there, Harry. I know, but I'm very excited. I can tell. Thanks. So head on over to Childerberg.com. It's not a cult, we promise. All right, kids, and we're back. <laughs> I'm really excited to get into the, into 2020. Um, Same here. It, it's a, it's a new decade, and it purports. Let me explain it this way: If we were entering 2010, but you know, with with 2020 hindsight, right? So we could 
<laughs> that was a good pun that I didn't even intend on. But uh, <laughs> exactly, uh, if we if we were if we were going uh, back, also possible name for this ha- episode: twenty twenty hindsight. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> hey, that might have to be the actually be the one. <laughs> anyway, so that's a good one. <laughs> looking back in twenty ten, if I would have told you, hey, twenty ten through twenty twelve, just just remember those years. I'm sure you're remember. right. Yeah. You know, okay, whatever, fine. Those years were those years. If I would have told you in that period of time that the way we were going to end that decade that you experienced for two years was the way we're ending that decade today. Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 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 and that's just one absolutely insane thing that's going on. There's an innumerable number of insane things going on on the internet. Right. Um, identity politics is at an all-time high. Oh, um, God, yes. Gender nonconformity is at an all-time high. Whatever you think about any of this. I yeah. mean, it's at an all-time high. The conversations that are going on online are world-changing. You know, there yeah. really are genuinely world-changing conversations that are we having. Yeah, we're basically uh, living back dynamics. to the future, too. You know, we're in the alternate I, timeline I, with Biff as president. <laughs> Right, we were right, exactly. Right, uh, uh, Boston Dynamics is coming out with these fucking robots that look like people and act like people and walk around like people. Yeah, um, we are entering a decade that most certainly will have the largest economic collapse this country has seen since the Great Depression. Yeah, uh, and that is an inevitability and it's very serious. Um, and I'm not, I don't feel like a doomsayer when I say that I'm giving myself a 10 year window. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not really doomsaying. It's just a matter of fact that that's what happens in our system. Um, that is another big thing. Do you, when you start thinking about what this decade has to offer, it is terrifying and fascinating. And I'm very, very excited to be operating a podcast through it because I get to. Basically, basically. Put, uh, a glass wall between myself and chaos <laughs> in the fact that <laughs> right. I can laugh at it on this show for everybody. But it's going to be very interesting. Really. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've ended my show with a little catchphrase that, uh, basic, uh, that uh, just states, if you're listening to this far in the future, remember, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I have this uh, vision of, you know, like somebody – you know, finding somebody's uh, flash drive where they have like downloaded a whole bunch of these uh, podcasts and everything, and uh, uh-huh. you know they start listening to it, and it was like, oh man, these guys were so on point. Why, why was nobody listening to them? You know, mm-hmm. that's because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes we'll trail off into you know, Casper the ghost is actually Richie Rich who died. You know, that. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's not like we lend ourselves to being very serious, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, nuance.exe failed to load. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. One good thing about entering the next decade is, other than, I guess, I like how I just said, one good thing about this, and then I'm immediately about to make it not good. <laughs> but one good thing about uh, the t- decade that's coming up is, I, there don't seem to be any foreseeable wars with any given countries other than China. And that was the part that made me go, Oh, well that could be really bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that potential, um, there don't seem to be a lot of prospects for a lot of wars, which is really nice. Um, yeah. Kind of looking I at hope. it, I don't really think, um, you know, it doesn't look we'll, like we're sort of yeah, building up to anything. Yeah. It just seems like the, uh, the waste of time, energy, resources, life, 
uh, will continue in the Middle East for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I was going to say, I should clarify, yeah. new wars. Yeah, new, new wars. wars. Yeah, the ones that <laughs> yeah. we've been engaged in since the 1950s will continue. Yeah, yeah. those will continue. Sure. But uh, yeah, um, I don't think we're every... going to be uh, doing anything against China anytime soon other than you know right. talking bad about them on the TV. Look, man, uh, this next decade and our lives in general you know, are just – parts of a really big story and uh, i'm really glad to play a part in it and i feel like the part that's coming is going to get real real strange yeah um and you know it is a blessing to live in a really strange time because think about living in a really imagine well i was going to say not even really in the i was going to say imagine living in the 1950s you know being who you are but at the same time that wasn't very stable because the red scare w- was i mean we have our own versions of the red scare today but oh yeah uh so now the democrats are in control of it <laughs> yeah maybe maybe say living in 1840 right that was very i would call that probably a very stable time for the country in general um yeah but the only thing I, that was on the horizon was uh yeah but South, you wouldn't have known but, that yeah but you wouldn't have known that you know it's still a good 20 that. years off yeah, 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 you wouldn't have known that. And so imagine living through that time. It would have been boring to be a normal person in that time. I I would have been an abolitionist. I don't I don't give a shit what anybody says. Everybody goes, Oh yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't you probably would have gotten killed and you would have been too afraid to ah, fuck you, bro. I'm I'm straight up <laughs> I'm freeing slaves. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Um that would be the way that I would have had to fill my fun time yeah. in a very stable period. Now, it's so unstable <laughs> that <laughs> you th- there is no time to be filled right. because <laughs> the world will give you shit to do in this in this in this period of time. The, the, you can there's no I, I, I was talking to I was talking to Carr the other day. I was texting him. Actually, it might have been a part of the conversation, and I said there is no a no way. That the United States makes it into the 22nd century. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to press X for doubt on that one. Right. Yeah. It, it, it would show a, a lot of confidence in a very broken system to believe that this country – and I, I prefaced – I didn't preface it. I, I qualified it with as we know it. Right. I didn't say the American uh, 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 people. I didn't say – uh, necessarily any specific government, federal, state governments, the United States, that idea, yeah. will, will not exist in the 22nd century. And, and if you think about what that means, what the United States of America are, not the, not the nation state, not the people, the idea, and that breaks down... 2020 <laughs> is going to play a role in that because it's a part of the breakdown. If you don't feel a fundamental breakdown in American society, then you are not at the forefront of it. Yeah. People always go, you know, no, this is just shit that happens on the internet. I really hate to tell you this, Pumpkin. The internet is and has always been the forefront. Right. It is the black mirror. Yeah. It is the peering into the future. It is the confirmation of the cycle of humanity of just pure breakdown and, and reformation and breakdown and reformation and breakdown. Yeah, uh, it's the modern it's, equivalent of the Oracle of Delphi. It, it's, it is an oracle. 
yeah. and I say that with pure confidence. Right. Knowing that, and knowing that the that the inevitable breakdown of the United States, a thing which I take part in right now, is coming, is exciting. It's terrifying. It's yeah. exciting. And 2020 to 2030, if tw- I have to tell you, if 2010 to 2020 already was as accelerated as it felt, and really that was just basically started in 2014 is when it started to really feel like it was going fast. Yeah. Um, this next decade is going to be something I don't think anybody's ever seen before yeah, who's 20, alive. Yeah, 2014, something was definitely done to the Matrix. You know, we're, we're yeah, seeing yeah, the cat yeah. go in someone the hallway Someone overclocked, yeah. <laughs> someone over, it must have been Bitcoin. It must have been that, that whoever runs this simulation was like, oh, shit, Bitcoin's real. I better start using one of my graphics drives to start mining. And that caused a glitch. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they, we have not recovered from the glitch. Uh, to be honest with you, I think 08 is actually the year that did it um i look at the i look at the 2008 global crash as sort of the world changing event since world war ii yeah um and i mean on the because the great depression was not a world changing event i don't i don't care it wasn't a world changed a lot here in the united states but worldwide i mean that was yeah it didn't change much yeah that was at a time where people were still carting around in horse and buggy for most of the rest of the world so the thing that changed the whole world before the World War II mm-hmm. was the French Revolution. Yeah. And that changed absolutely every single thing. Every revolution that you can think of that happened afterwards had got people who were quoting the French uh, revolutionists, every single, uh, all yeah. of them, every Middle Eastern revolution you can think of, every constitutional resolution you, uh, uh, revolution you can think of, all stemmed from that point. I think 08 is a stem point uh, for something completely different, not related, obviously, to the constitutional period that came out of um, the French Revolution. But I think 08 was a stem point for a tumult of things to come and that we only really saw the beginning with that stem point. Yeah. Um, Because, and I'll tell you why, in academia, which again is another forefront. I hate to say that for all the people who cringe at the thought of it, but unfortunately, and I think that's why it's such a, a big and important battleground is because it is the other forefront. Yeah. Um, there is a reason the, why those inac- college professors got to where they are. A hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And now the colleges and, and, <laughs> and social media are becoming more and more intertwined uh, in, in my research, at least being a communications uh, graduate uh, of, of many things. Um, the in academia you cannot go to a history class you cannot go to a politics class right you can't go to a communications class without at least once at least once one class period there being a discussion about the 08 market crash yeah i i don't know why that is but it seems to be something that everybody's brain thinks about especially political science i have to tell you it, with political science, there has not been a modern politics class. There has not even been sort of a modern constitution class, like not, not, no modern or contemporary politics classes that I've taken where the starting point or at least, you know, sort of a fundamental changing point wasn't 08. 
So all of academia is talking about it like it was something really big. Yeah. And I really am convinced that whatever it was, I don't know if, I don't know, what is it, how does it go in, in the book of Revelations that there's, there's a bunch of horns that have to get blown off before shit starts to kick off? That If that was the first horn, <laughs> uh, you're, Yeah, I you're talking about the, the seals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, the seals are broken and the trumpets are blown. Yeah. yeah. If that was the first seal... Look at me being surprised. I'm really not. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't. I don't know, man. It, it's wacky times, man. And, and it really feels like we are living through a period of time that our ancestors will certainly be talking about. <laughs> and that has to put it into perspective a little bit, right? That you, you know, maybe you not in particular nor I will be remembered, but the culture and the events which we had to live through and take part of, right. I think humanity will always be talking about for the rest of time. That's how important I think the era we live in is. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the the part where they're either going to look back and say, all right, well, here's where they made a whole bunch of mistakes. But, yes. yeah. you know, there was luckily still enough people around that realized that the mistakes were made. So they taught us better. Or I, I they're going to look back at it and they're going to say, God, what were those fucking idiots thinking? I, I should get you this book that I've been reading. Um, it's basically, it's it's like, how can I put it? It's basically, it is a comparison. I wish I could remember the name of the book. It's somewhere around here. I'll 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 give you a, a, a link to it if I can find it. Um, it's basically a book which compares the collapse of the Roman Empire with contemporary American politics. Um. It is eerie. Yeah, there's a, a lot <laughs> sorry, of stuff. That... Sorry, uh, not the Roman Empire. It's very important that I say that. Not the Roman Empire, the Roman Republic. Yeah, the Roman Republic, um, more specifically. The Roman Republic, yeah. specifically. The, it does a comparison of the lead up to the breakdown of the Roman Republic. You know, like Dan Carlin style stuff. If you ever look, like, <laughs> if you ever go into, uh, um, I think it's called The Fall of the Republic, actually, is what the podcast dan carlin does on it is yeah. and he basically goes through the populist uprising starting in the beginning and what it led to and how the breakdown of society you know began once the populists took control of the country leads to julius caesar basically forming an autocratic nightmare that is the roman empire which is an <laughs> imperialist cult that basically yeah. is the aspiring model for every uh, world dictator who lives today it's yeah. a horrible awful evil thing the republic was less so um and it does this comparison of these two and just everything, dude, from monetary policy to um, rapid cultural shift to rapid mass immigration to – I mean everything. The book does the comparison and it's – I'm not even mad about it. It's fascinating <laughs> to be a part of the cycle of history. Yeah, history um, may not repeat itself but it does rhyme. I, I – <laughs> I even would go so far as to say it, it, it it's a whole song. It's yeah. not just a rhyme. It's yeah. a whole song and frankly there's a chorus that does repeat itself. <laughs> <laughs> it really it it really is freaky how that's we get to live through that time. And the freakiest part is uh, the Romans didn't know that it was happening when it was happening. They had no idea that there was a breakdown until after Rome was sacked and was quite literally taken away uh, out of the power of the Roman Empire in Constantinople. <laughs> they had no idea. They didn't yeah. know up until that moment. Where is our moment? Where is the moment when society realizes that the United States has fallen? That is 
freaky to me to think about. And yeah, that, that's not going to happen this decade. But if you don't start seeing gro- uh, 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 death pangs this decade, yeah. we will be very lucky. Or we will be very unlucky because <laughs> it will just be drawn out. Uh, anyway, that's the kind of stuff I think about when I start thinking about not just you know the next decade, but of course that conversation necessi- you know necessitates you know talking about the future. That's right. what I think about when I think of the future. I, I don't, it's not, is it, if it's scary, I apologize. I don't really look at it as a scary thing. It's just, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this. Pick up a history book about any period of time that you want and read about the shit they had to live through yeah. and realize it ain't all fucking peaches and roses on this no, planet. No, there's and always a build up and then a crash. And always a build up and then a crash. Everybody suffers. Yeah. Every single generation of people suffer and people suffered in 08 pretty fucking hard. Not, not the worst thing in the world. Right. We may be due for some some suffering, and I'm not a I'm not a Nostradamus. I don't know how it happens or why it happens or when it happens, but I think one of Marx's only salient points was the fact that he let everybody know, hey guys, just like every other system, serfdom, slavery, you know those systems were temporary. This one is too. Yeah. And the way those systems collapsed was violent and horrible and awful and then there were enlightenments that came out of them and we're clearly not in a period of enlightenment yeah it's <laughs> like the, uh, have to say yeah, it was like the european renaissance i mean that came right after the black death you know right right yeah. afterwards came right after uh 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 the stability of christendom as well everybody was like okay roman empire fell apart now everything's chaos for 200 years christendom comes in the papacy comes in everything is relatively stable holy roman empire it's all good it's all good fine oh the mongols and that fucking collapsed everything from in most of the world and and it's just it happens over and over and over again and i just am fascinated as a historian and as a a political scientist to just realize i'm a part of it and i love it and i hate it and it's great and it's awful uh, <laughs> yeah there's always a build up and then a breakdown i mean that's just that, always that's happened always. before recorded history so always yeah and, and, you can even see it that, down to like a local tribe level you know they'll, yeah. they'll be like okay well we know that this tribe of about 110 people were here in this area uh we know their numbers got up to like 180 and then all of a sudden they're gone yeah right right yeah. right that type of stuff always yeah, happens I, so. It's 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 and in politics and I think I always focus about it from a political lens, um, I, I, and, and a cultural lens. I'm not an economist by any means. I would never even pretend to be. <laughs> no, um, but we do it, like to study it in our spare time. <laughs> we, we try to. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I um it, it, the, the idea that sort of everything just goes in cycles. Um, it, it it's more to it than that it's it's what is it it's all it's plato's theory of that right yeah it's plato's theory of of, of uh, something cycles or changes or anything like that keep close okay the way that it works is it's it's a political thing right it, he, it's not history is a political thing it's not just well i guess marx would say it's an economic thing i don't even know if you could separate the two of those things especially <laughs> not in the world we live in um but everybody forgets that it's not just shit goes in cycles no shit goes in cycles in a very particular way right right it goes from you know the 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 isn't it it goes from the the benign forms of government right it goes from the monarchs to just sort of it decentralizes right a little bit to like an oligarch or, or an, an aristocracy right and then it decentralizes a little more to a, a democracy right and now the democracy is the optimal setting in this situation because everybody sort of has their own thing they rule themselves they you know 
and then it ramp, ramps up again. It, yeah. After that, it degenerates, right? You remember this? It goes to a, 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 a like a, a, a rulership by uh, populism. All because one right? dickhead has got to ask the question: there ought to be a law. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, it's 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 actually. I'll tell you what: it's not there ought to be a law. It's it's. I want that. <laughs> Most of the time, it's I want to have that. You have that. I want Gives that. Me that. So it's 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 populism, right? Yeah. And then because I hate to say this, but because the vast majority of populists are part of a population which is deeply, deeply politically ignorant and elect people who are way more harmful them, to them than an educated populist voting. That's I'm sorry to say it, but generally that's what populism uh, preys on is the ignorance of uh, the silent mass. Um, yeah. They elect oligarchs, right? <laughs> they don't just, they don't immediately go for the tyrant, right? They elect a bunch of oligarchs and eventually the oligarchs either kill one another off or nullify one another or band together and they establish a complete tyranny. Uh, this is how that cycle, you know, we always say history goes in cycles. Well, this is what that idiom stems from. This was a real thought that frequently plays itself out pretty well just on the basic logic of well the more you decentralize the weaker uh, there is uh, sorry the weaker uh, uh, the collectives get and then the minute somebody can bound a collective together especially a group of populists who want your shit then they band together and they fucking take something over then they elect the best among them and then eventually the best among them all kill one another and there's only one tyrant left <laughs> I mean didn't the Soviet Union go through that? Yeah. <laughs> More yeah. or less. I, there was a brief period of democracy, and, and then it turned into a bunch of Leninists, and then Stalin was <laughs> the only one left. Uh, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I could be deeply ignorant. I don't know. It, it freaks me out. freaks yeah. me out. It always, it always descends good to, I'm into... glad this is a New Year's episode, because it's the only time I ever really get to talk about time in general. <laughs> Yeah, New Year's, uh, it's always that thing of, like, well, we saw what we did last year. Let's not try to repeat that. And, you know, by sure. June, we're repeating that. You know? Sure. This is why I, the New Year's resolution is so uh, boring. Uh, uh, even asking, not even the idea of having one. That's not just boring. That's insane. Yeah. Um, boring is even asking. Even... <laughs> Bringing up the term anymore is boring. New Year's resolution. Stop, stop. You're trying to keep bringing up this old thing nobody does. Nobody believes in. Nobody's ever done. It's not real. It's a myth. It's a myth. Yeah. I hate the New Year's resolution thing. Yeah, they don't, they don't last very December long. December 31st and January 1st, are, they are, it, is, it is an arbitrary date. There's no real change. Look at it by decade, and you start to see some very interesting things occurring. Right. Yeah, you can even see like uh, New Year's resolutions and how weak and feeble they are, because you know, I go to I go to the gym, and uh, January I know that place is going to be packed, and it's going to be yeah. packed that way until about the first or second week of February, the, and then it's going to start yeah. emptying out a little bit. The, this fascinating thing about that is, um, I can make a really weird analogy here, but it might draw it out longer than it needs to be drawn out. Um, All right, weird analogy uh, going but... in the possible title list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the really weird thing that I think, uh, you know, people really do argue against cycle theory, right? I, yeah. I wish I could remember what the fucking name of it was. But people really do believe in there, there being an end of history thing. And I think that that may come once technology outpaces humankind uh, in, a, in the sense that there's no more need 
for innovation, where we actually <laughs> we actually uh, make abundant innovation itself. When yeah. that happens in fucking two thousand years, <laughs> whenever it happens, <laughs> then we could talk about an end of history. But the thing that really makes me believe in the cycle of history is the is what you just said is not only the absolutely cyclical and feeble uh, 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 attempt by people to do change and failing every time and then repeating and failing every time. But the, when you think about it from a, a, the second level, it's even more interesting to me, is the weird thing about the gym resolution is one individual can only do it so many times before they realize they're a failure and they will never do it, right? Right. Yeah. How many times can you promise to yourself that you'll start going to the gym every day, you know, once the new year starts? How many times can you do that before you just are too embarrassed to even think the thought anymore? Maybe two or three. Maybe two or three. But but what, why I believe in cycle theory is because those people weed themselves out and then they never go to the gym again. They admit they won't do it. And so why would I even try for New Year's resolution? The cyclical aspect of it is the fact that there are a billion other idiots who've never made that resolution before who are dying to make it, who make it that year, who do it, and then fail the same way that those people who did it three times fail, and then they themselves do it three times. But it doesn't matter because there's a whole new group of people who move in. At, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the cycle, is the unwillingness of people to learn from the mistakes of the other people around them, not from their own mistakes. That's yeah. why there's a cycle is because human beings are too self-obsessed by nature, too, too self-obsessed to learn from the mistakes of other people. People don't read enough. People don't look around enough. They don't exchange information anymore. It, it's, it's, we're almost, it's almost like we're caught in a cycle. Not yeah. so much that we, because how did we evolve to get here in the first place? It clearly wasn't cyclical. It was a matter of life or death doing it right or doing it wrong. Now when life or death isn't an option, do people just kind of stop growing? Do yeah. it, what happens? Just I, I don't know. And, and time will answer these questions, and I think it's really, really weird and interesting. I hope I've tickled your brain a little bit, Eric. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My uh, prefrontal cortex is, is all alight right now. So Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about is uh, history from the current perspective because people always look at the history book uh i think we need to do more historical exegesis i will say um we need to uh, 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 more than that we need a uh, i will use another big word here i'll use the biggest word i've used tonight we need a hermeneutic we need a way to look at history from today yeah a way to look at history because we know there's a cycle and we know that i mean it would show huge ignorance not to acknowledge this, and this is why I hate the vast majority of the way that people look at history. People act like our ancestors were stupid, and they, I promise you, were just as intelligent as us. Right. It's just, just they didn't have all the uh, the gadgets and everything to go along yeah, with Yeah, they it. didn't have the gadgets, but they could think at a level that you think. I was reading the other day, uh, I think it was Cato, uh, but I'm not 100% sure who it was. Marcus Aurelius, someone. He was yeah. a Roman philosopher. And he was... He was... Seneca? Uh, 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 we'll just start name-dropping uh, Roman, Roman philosophers. It was any number of them. It yeah. was any number of them. It could have been Lucrete, Virgil. I, 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 one of them was writing about how a man should get over a breakup. And I was reading this, and I was like... He was like, look, as a man, 
we know you need to cry. Yeah. But you can't cry to the people who will make you feel vulnerable. And I'm like, oh my god! I'm looking at this like I thought these people were just a bunch of bloodthirsty no, no warrior no, no. people. And he's over here going, you know, you should seek the comfort of your fellow men when you feel like you need to cry, because all of them have been through this. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's so not what people think the Romans were like. It's so, like, what do we say today? Kings support kings, right? Like, we yeah. make a joke out of it. But it's like, you know, bro hug, man. Bros before hoes. You're, you just broke up with your girl? Come over, man. It's okay to cry. It's fine. Like, this is like shit yeah. that we act, we almost act as if is weird to be bringing up today. But this fucking guy who is a Roman senator who probably had slit the throat of a dozen men <laughs> is uh, is like, not, not figuratively no. like literally no literally the, quite literally, literally. yeah <laughs> literally he's like look dude we understand men gotta cry sometimes yeah. you can't always be a masculine man and it's like if people would just read that kind of stuff you would realize that in a weird way and i think this is a gk chesterton quote um that tradition is sort of the democracy, the truest form of democracy, because it gives votes to both the living and the dead. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, is something, when I heard that the first time I ever heard it, I'll never forget it, is you really have to remember the fact that you are a single human being who is not unique at all. And that's the only way you can really move forward and realize you know where you stand and the kind of ways you can fix stuff and the problem and the reason why there is a cycle is people are just ignorant of the fact that there were when civilization occurred there's probably like 60 or 70 people between you and hunter gatherers yeah. like that there, there's not that many people <laughs> between you and hunter gatherer status learn from them this we ain't been doing this shit for very long nah, <laughs> you know yeah. learn from them they they your ancestors knew far better than you do about the shit that was to come because your ancestors knew well enough to write shit down you don't need to even think about writing shit down anymore so you write everything down and therefore don't pay attention to anything in particular <laughs> but when an ancient was writing something down this is how we know it was important. If you find any cuneiform clay tablet in the middle of nowhere in, the, in, in, in a desert in Qumran, there's something there, very important, that they felt they needed to write down. Unfortunately, with technology, we don't have to feel that way anymore. We just write everything down. Yeah. So I feel like if you think about it that way, that's the reason why you should be reading old people's shit because they wrote it down. They felt like <laughs> it was that important. Yeah, and in and, the, uh, and, in and the case of cuneiform, they literally had to chisel it into a rock. Chisel it in. Yeah. Chisel shit in. Chisel shit in. Yeah. I mean, the, the, again, we were talking about Romans. You can go even further back than that. I mean, the most ancient stories are so relatable to today that it's insane to me that people just kind of only pay attention to the things that are going on the radio today. Yeah. Like the pop uh, uh, human, like the person who exists only listening to pop music it is the equivalent of what I'm talking about here but in a much more disruptive and dangerous form and really not a way you should live your life. You can listen to all the pop music you want I don't care. But to but to basically be that version of a human being um, in all of your life is very scary. This like uh, I don't 
do shit or pay attention to shit that happened before I was born. Right. And that is a really common, really common, unwitting approach to life. A lot of people don't even realize that they do that. They yeah. just, like, like I, not you or I or probably anybody who listens to the show, but how many percents of people is that? Not many, not many. And it really only takes about 5% of the population to make a genuine change, as far as I've seen throughout history. I don't think you need much more than that to do very much. Uh, I, I mean, the American Revolution occurred based off of 3% of the population. Yeah. And a much smaller population, too. Uh, it doesn't seem like you need very many people. But that means, necessarily, that the other massive percent of people are not making any change at all. Yeah. No, no change at all. That's scary when you think about that. Yeah. I forget where I heard it from, but it was the um, the 10% rule. So if you get the population, I could, about 10% yeah. of the population to start moving in a direction, the other 90% will follow along yeah, just because I don't they're think natural that's just like a use. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's just a useless thing to repeat. I think that's the reason why we have countries. Yeah. That uh, there's just a wiring in a vast majority of people where they can put their head down and not give a shit about history itself or the big questions or changes, but also they're the most productive fucking people because they can do that. Yeah. They aren't like thinking about shit from 40 years ago and 40 years from now. They're thinking about four days ago and four days from now. They're the consumers and producers and they're, you know, they're not the creators or the changers, but <laughs> we need those people. But it's also the reason why there's a cycle. Yeah, I, I sometimes use the uh, the insulting term "self-propelled stomachs" because <laughs> I, yeah, and I don't want to insult that majority of people because that vast majority of people really are the ones who are allowing me to not die of polio and shit like that. Like not not because like one guy created that cure, sure, but like there's people who need to you know work in the factories that cr produce the things that uh, create those products today, and there's people who. Maybe I sound like a fucking populist. A vast majority of people are creating things for a very small minority of changers. And um, it is the reason why nev no change really can ever occur, even though it feels like that there is. We always kind of get pulled back into the same old trend. It's just stasis. It's just trying to get back to normal. Yeah, there was the uh, that scene in the uh, one of the Matrix movies where the council member has taken Neo down below to the engineering deck. And he goes, right. you know, and you know, I think that has something to do with creating our fresh water. And I think over there yeah. is where we generate power. Nobody cares how this works until it's broken. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. 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 So yeah, I mean, that's that speaks true. volumes. Yeah, it's true, and it, it's it's it is um, really a curse that humankind, I think, just has to deal with again until technology necessitates something different. You know. Because I think at some point technology is just going to take over from for most of our behaviors and activities, uh, but until that point, like, yeah, we're stuck in this cycle. Yeah. Um, and so, just it's fun to kind of, I guess, pinpoint. It has to be fun, right? Because if it's not fun, it's a fucking Sisyphean nightmare <laughs> where you're just you just you are stuck at the bottom of this cliff pushing your boulder up and every time you get to the top you drop your boulder and you got to pick it up again every single day that's humanity it seems yeah. to be um but it is interesting to see at what point you know the boulder falls back down you know i guess because otherwise you just kind of realize you're stuck in that <laughs> uh it's why i'm an anarchist actually um not for any sort of particular 
love or hate for the state, fuck, who cares? I mean, the state, I don't even acknowledge it. It's whatever. You're just, like, you're just, just acknowledging that it's a system that cannot it's, work. It's, it's a cultural coping mechanism. The yeah. state is a coping mechanism against chaos. Thomas Hobbes is absolutely correct. It's just a, a form of organization from which a social contract arises where people agree they don't want uh, uh, beasts and animals to murder them and rape them and steal their shit. So they come together and, 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 and uh, agree that even though they don't like one another, they want to protect one another because they live geographically close to one another. It's, it's just... Yeah, it's the, it's the, the need of safety in numbers. It's, it, is, it's, it is a fact of life. <laughs> Yeah, it is the, the tiger in the like, jungle isn't going to yeah. catch the family unit sitting right. around a campfire at night, but it will get the one guy who's off taking a piss by himself. You know, right? I, I, as an anarchist, I think I would be an idiot not to acknowledge how true sort of Hobbes very hop <laughs> Hobbes's very basic sort of understanding of how states arise and the social contract arises is. I would be wrong to say that wasn't true. I think I'm an anarchist because despite that, I think that's clearly, <laughs> clearly not a good deal. It's yeah. just the only deal we had. <laughs> and so as an anarchist, I say, well, though, you know, the minute that we get a better deal, I'm out. <laughs> I am gone. The minute I get a way that I can make sure that the mob rule that occurs under the vast majority of populists that have gotten people like Donald Trump into the presidency they have no fucking say over the way I choose to live my life. Once technology is able to allow me to do that, I am fucking gone. There will be no reason to associate myself with you in order to establish a monopoly of violence. That's really why I'm an anarchist. Not for any ideological reason, but just because it's not real. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a construct like any other construct, and I don't play around with constructs. There's no point. Yeah, it, point? it's just a great fiction, uh, you know, as uh, Bastiat said, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's like that's not even a, re a revelation to a lot of people. Again, a vast majority of people uh, think that the state is a legitimate thing, but what's funny is that none of the actual thinkers thought that Hobbes, Locke, anybody you get a social contract from acknowledges that it had to be established in order to occupy a monopoly of violence. Locke even says the minute that it's incapable of doing that, it should be overthrown and destroyed and reestablished by different people. Yeah. A a a all, uh, I forget who it is, the idea of the cultural myth. Almost all theories about the state in a cultural sense, and a nation state perhaps, are, are, are buttressed on myth. Complete and utter myth. And I don't mean like, you know, the idea of, you know, Romulus built this city. I mean myth-like attitudes that a group of people hold despite the fact that they're constructed attitudes and not natural that they didn't originate from nature they were constructed to be a certain way that is the state that's yeah. what that is that's kind of like our, just, our nation's founding you know the um sure yeah you go into some of the libraries in washington dc and they have this deification of george washington uh, you know, up on right. the ceiling, and right. then you look at uh, right. the signing of the Constitution painting, and uh, right. I think it's the show, myth. yeah, the jo John Adams even said, "Well, this is not correct." I mean, we were coming in and out to sign this document all day. Not all of us right. were there in the same building. If the British right. ever found that out, they would have burnt us out. You know, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And it's and what's interesting is those paintings. If if I'm I'm going to take a wild guess here, but those paintings were not made live. 
those paintings were made much later. I'm going to guess. Most of the famous paintings you know, I'm going to guess, yeah. were made later. I can't imagine that as they were signing that document, somebody just yeah, whipped a, up the it, famous painting everybody knows, right? Yeah, there's so not an artist back there with an easel and, and a palette. Right, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the later mythologizing, right? It, it, what's interesting is... Again, we'll bring it back to the Roman Empire because this is my specialty in history. I love it so much. Uh, we'll go back to the Roman kingship. Uh, really, the only sure history that we know of from Rome is when the consulship begins, when the Roman Empire is formed. But we kind of know that there were seven kings before that, right? But yeah. every king before that, it gets a lot less sure what they really did all the way back to the founder Romulus is apparently the son of Mars, the god of war, and uh, 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 the son of, of uh, his mother, who was a Greek, who was uh, 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 an ancestor of Aeneas from the Aeneid, you know, the, yeah. you know, the warriors from Troy. Like, this is a myth. This isn't true. None of this is yeah. true. Yeah. It's a myth. And it formed the world's largest empire of the time. Yeah, because two twin the boys were suckling the at the teat of a wolf. And the teat of a she-wolf, right? Of a the teat of a she-wolf. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's badass. It's just not real. We have that today. Oh, yeah. We have that. And it's not all fucking magic and dragons. And, and uh, it's all, They talk about how our first president had a wooden set of teeth. Yeah. Why? They, there's no reason for that other than to mythologize it for yeah. some reason, to make him a mythic character. In yeah. the same way that Achilles' heel was his weakness, George Washington could never tell a lie. Oh, yeah. It's too pure and utter mythologizing. And the minute that people stop believing in the myths, the nation state can no longer be maintained. I'm not saying that that's what's happening. Yeah. I, I do think that by this time, those myths are actually irrelevant. And the myths of the Civil War are starting to become irrelevant, right? Like, yeah. I think really the most relevant myths that we have are sort of the World War One, World War Two era myths. Those are some of the myths uh, that we have yeah, that I those, think still exist. Yeah, those need to be broken. The whole, you know, well, the U.S. Uh, fought this good war in the World War Two, you know, to bring sure, it in right. to Nazism. And I was like... Yeah, but if you kind of look at uh, the Conference of Yalta, and we basically right. gave half of the continent over to a different dictator. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That Who won? Is su it's a myth. It's <laughs> it's a it's it. Everything, really, everything gets more and more fake the farther back you go. Yeah. Um. And by, even when, and by fake, I I don't mean it didn't happen. I mean remember that your modern understanding of it is not the way they thought about it. No, no, no. Yeah, and it's like yeah. even the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It was like, well, oh you God, know, those yeah, dirty I Japs, mean, they came over here and they just started bombing our ships. And I was like, well, the well, U.S. Well, did kind of cut off their gas supply before that. You know, this is called blowback. Or <laughs> this. Right, right. And I'm glad that you said that because that's what's important is, and I was thinking about a similar blowback, is you think about the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was a real myth breaker because at first, like, like they, they, they weren't really ever able to sell it. It yeah. was the French first. They yeah. were able to sell it because yeah, it was a, it French was a colony. colony. Yeah, it was a colony. This was the pride of France, right? Yeah, uh, it was similar to what what did they they called it the um, 
the crown jewel of, 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 of the British Empire was India, remember? That yes. was their crown jewel. Yes. That was a myth there, too, this crown jewel of theirs. Part of, uh, I don't know, who's wearing the crown? I, I guess it's sort of the British people, right? That's the myth, right? That's the myth, is why do I give a shit about India as a British person? Oh, shit, that's part of my crown. Your crown? Yeah. What crown did you wear? But yeah. that's, it's really weird the way that myths form because I don't think anybody is actually capable of forming a myth. They just kind of appear. They just sort of appear out of a collective effort of nobody in particular, but kind of everybody just talking about something in some way. Yeah. It's really strange. And I, again, think this is part of why the cycle is maintained, is myth. Just, we can't break from it, dude. We really can't break from it. Uh, it. It's very important that you recognize myths and that you recognize that when you read documents from the past, you should not be reading them from your perspective. No. You should be reading them the way the book tells you. And anything else that the book doesn't tell you, you are assuming, and you're making a bad assumption doing that. Yeah, and that, I really wish that if people were more rigorous in doing that, I mean, we could fucking, we would, we'd get rid of the presidency in about 12 minutes if everybody uh, uh, was aware of these things. Yeah, it, it gets really crazy, man. And speaking of the British Empire in, in India, that that was their version of the Middle East, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you you right. read, oh, like, then, some of the British what? soldiers' <laughs> letters back home. They hated going right. to India. It's not like the pride and joy that everyone made it out to be. And then no. you know, and talk about you know history rhyming, and now we're doing the same thing over in uh, Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan. It's, it's sure. basically the American Raj. Sure. Yeah, because sure we're just going to put our little puppets up there. And they're going to do sure, what we man. say. Yeah, the really crippling thing is that, you know, we can talk about this from our end, but remember that there's a whole other end of people who are also experiencing this cycle, but they're actually experiencing the violence of it. Um, and, and that is really, I think, sobering. And um, really, again, since it is the new year and we're talking about time, I think that's something to keep in mind is uh, you live in a very small blip. And history uh, uh, is a cycle that is seems to be infinite. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> keep keep that in mind, and 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 remember the calls of your ancestors uh, and what they said, and the warnings they gave you. Um, instead of just kind of marching into this next decade, uh, thinking all of your ancestors were absolutely wrong about everything, despite the fact that you've lived your whole life in your own head and know that you think and that you're a rational human being who rationalizes every decision they make, doesn't ever do anything without really thinking about it first. I mean, you have yeah. to be smart and safe, right? You realize every other human being throughout history lived that way too, right? <laughs> so let's be a little more careful, I think. For the next decade, um, I'm announcing that I'm going to become a conservative. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do the liberty no. hangout thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, no. I, why would I announce that? Why would I be showing actual understanding of, of the cycle of history and then announce that I was a conservative as if they have any knowledge of that? No. <laughs> as, if, as if conservatives aren't just trying to erect a modern myth of what they think the past was like instead of actually going back to the past. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, definitely something me and Pete talked about on my episode on that episode. Oh was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we talked about you know the Norman Rockwell painting of the police officer sitting next to the kid at the soda fountain, and you know him being right. polite. It was like, well, yeah, because he was a white kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and that didn't exist in real life. Yeah, it was a myth. It's a myth that doesn't exist. But that was their sort of call for conservatism back then. They yeah. were calling to what they thought the '30s were. 
what they thought that era was. Right. That it's just a callback. We do that today. You see all the trads today who go and fucking pretend like they know what the past was like because, I don't know, everybody dressed nicely, and that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I starting to see back, the... Uh, dude, brother, I want to go way back. I want to go back to wearing, where men and women both wore the same goddamn thing. They wore togas. There was no, <laughs> there was no, there was no gender binary in dress back in the Roman Empire, my friend. Everybody was wearing a sheet, and there was no goddamn difference one way or the other. Nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> Got to go back to that. Got to go back to the point where politicians were stabbing one another. Oh, I mean, we're kind of doing that. Um, with uh, the Clinton kill list and things like that, and uh, people like Kevin Spacey now allegedly uh, knocking off a third victim. Yeah, uh, that's allegedly, 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 allegedly. I said. Yeah, that's a, a uh, ton of allegedly's. You know, asterisk. Yeah, a lot of allegedly's and asterisks and a lot of uh, <laughs> statements which are not statements of fact but statements of exaggeration. Um, and I totally don't really believe them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to get back to. Let's go real far back. Let's let's go so far back that. Our understanding of the past has been a myth for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's go back to the 1500s conception of the Roman Empire. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's just straight up go through several lines of recreating this fake culture that exists. Because at, th at that point, if we want to erect a culture that never existed, let's really be fun about it. Let's not try and be fucking Bill Buckley uh, and, 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 and neoconservatistic about it. No, thank you. Let's be, oh, let's be fun and weird and fucking sacrifice some stuff. I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Bill Buckley talking with the transatlantic accent. <laughs> yeah, that another myth, right? Wasn't <laughs> yeah. that? A, and I like Bill Buckley. I like him because he created Firing Line. I don't like him on Firing Line, but I do like to watch all of the geniuses he has on just fucking stomp all over him while he <laughs> listens to somebody talk in his ear. That's great. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, that was a myth too, right? His whole accent was a myth. It never existed. It was a constructed lang It was a constructed way of speaking. Yeah, that, they call that real. transatlantic. It's supposed to be like half New England, half uh, yeah, British. It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 an aristocratic myth that yeah. he created in order to seem smarter than he really was. Because if he talked like this, the way that he really was, like if he sounded like H. John Benjamin, like it wouldn't have any effect. It wouldn't do anything. Of Actually, course, I would you know. kind of prefer that everyone talk like H. John yeah. Benjamin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Be great. <laughs> Linda, uh, Linda. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. So <laughs> I discovered Bob's Burgers this year for myself, and um, just this year, holy fuck! Oh my yeah, god, it's such a great show. Year. And actually, Futurama I just discovered last year, so I ran through Futurama. Oh, Jesus. Loved it. It was the best. I absolutely loved it. This year, I'm I'm going through uh, Bob's Burgers, and it is like my favorite show I've ever. It's it's yes. just perfect. It's perfect. It's for me. It is the optimal television show. <laughs> it is light comedy with really memorable characters, with really like uh, auditorily pleasing voices yes. and sound effects. There's a song every episode, which I I love that. I don't know why, but it's so sweet. It's just nice, but it's also like cantankerous. And dirty, but it, it just hits every everything. Yeah. Next year, next year, that is 2020. We're really when I finish Bob's Burgers yes. in 2020. Next year, uh, next show, month, and next week. <laughs> yeah, when I finish binging it. Yeah, yeah, when I finish binging it in two weeks. Um, the next show on my list that I've never seen before, and it's insane that I've never actually sat down and watched the whole show, though I have seen some episodes. Never seen The Simpsons. Doing The Simpsons next. Uh, that's like thirty years of shows, there, buddy. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the the what my friends recommend are the best seasons, which I think seven, eight, nine. Is, 
I think they said three through three through the movie um, is what they had said was a good way to watch that. Yeah. And that's only like seven, seven seasons maybe. And I could do that. Yeah. Uh, season. I see that those three seasons are probably, I think are the best Simpsons seasons is uh, uh-huh. seven, eight, nine. And I think after that, it's just kind of, well, the Simpsons is still on. <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons is like a cultural myth too, huh? It just yeah. kind of still exists. <laughs> it's, it still know, exists. The longest running animated show. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's like one of the longest running yeah. scripted TV shows. You know, it's, a, it's actually crazy. you know what's you know what is really fascinating actually is uh, here is a myth for you. Um, you remember that time that uh, the Simpsons uh, alluded to nine eleven? Oh, that's um, like several times. Like Lisa holding up the little magazine that says New York yeah, for nine dollars, and they have the twin towers right behind it. Right. So interesting that that's how myths are actually made. It's yeah. just we we know that this is just a TV show, and it was just a coincidence this time. Yeah. But like, that's but they also how a lot of predicted myths are the made. Trump presidency too, with him going down right. the elevator and someone holding up right. the Trump's uh, poster. You just right have him. someone. You just have someone creating content for long enough, and they start to mythologize stuff. Yeah, like it, it's 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 kind of interesting. They can include themselves in it rather, you know. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the whole nine eleven predictive programming thing. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the conspiracy theories out there. Uh, the uh-huh. Matrix movie, uh, Neo's passport in the Matrix, was you know uh, ended on nine eleven oh one. Sure. Yeah. The um, I, and I actually still have this episode. I, I, I was of the lone gunman where their their pilot episode was uh, deterring a plot to have a remote control plane fly into the trade center to get a war off in Afghanistan. Jesus. That was their Jesus. pilot episode six months before it happened in real life. Jesus Christ. And Dane Haglund, one of the stars of the show, was like, yeah, that episode was kind of weird because, you know, people came in and they wanted to rewrite the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one. That one's a that one's a doozer. I think that the internet is going to reveal that there's a lot less coincidence like, coincidences like that than you think, and that really um, human beings are always kind of predictable and act in the same way. Oh yeah. And so if yeah, you yeah, were yeah. gonna if you were gonna attack the World Trade Center and you already know that the bomb didn't work, what would you do? Well, you'd fly a plane into it, right? Yeah. And so content creators, you know, riff about that, and then people actually do it, and it's like. <laughs> You know, the thing about the internet is now we can kind of see that, and you're seeing it with the election of Donald Trump, right? The internet is able to pull up all of the, and I'll give you one specific instance related to that after oh, this. Oh, just pulling up old Trump is, tweets? No, 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 but that is the side example. The main yeah. thing is the amount of people who said Donald Trump's going to become president at, at, at various points in history. And getting laughed at the internet out of is room. able yeah. to dig that up. Well, that was Coulter, remember? I mean, Coulter. And, and and it is a by the way another cyclical trait is people keep thinking Ann Coulter is a dumbass. No 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 no. She's very it smart. It is the biggest biggest mistake you could ever make is thinking that Ann Coulter doesn't know what she's doing. That woman may be the most cunning human being in America. She might just be yeah. the most uh, wit- witty and intelligent person. In America is no, what's I've, so scary about her. Yeah, I've read several of her books. She is not. Yeah, she's not a dummy by any. You know. No, 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 no. Yeah, she's not. And so that was her. Right? No, no, no. I mean, I remember watching. P. Uh, 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 Opie and Anthony clips from 2006, maybe 2007. 
and they were talking about Donald Trump being president and like seriously talking about it, not as a joke, like seriously yeah. talking about it. This was before his first ra- attempt at running. Um, it, it, shit like that is like, I think you'll just kind of reveal as the internet sort of grows that people really just kind of say every word possible and that there's no real, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the only thing that the internet represents is the collective human consciousness and that it sort of can generally point to the way human beings think. You know, and it does so pretty accurately. Uh, and that's what's funny, the cyclical nature, the fact that you can always pull up Donald Trump's tweets about him saying things that Obama shouldn't do, and then he's doing them. Yeah. Uh, very funny. Very funny. Um, it is all very funny. Yeah, Jesus. well, I mean, we even got that with just... Obama while he was running for president in 2007. Yeah. yeah, saying all this shit that Bush shouldn't be doing, and then ended up doing yep. it. And then we, yep. then when you talk to people, they're all like, "Well, he got into the job, and he saw how serious it was, and he changed oh, yeah. his ways." Sure, yeah, sure. No, and I think actually, to be honest with you, I think that's true. I actually think that if you're going to become the president, like you realize that a lot of the ideological things you thought you could do, you actually can't do. I actually yeah. think that that's true. The the problem with Obama is he killed American citizens without going to trial. That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of fuck anything problem. else. That's a problem. He's a criminal. That's the problem. A sitting U.S. president being on the uh, Human Rights Council or the National Security Council for the U.N. when they're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, that's that's another one. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Um, Yeah, he's a criminal. Those guys are criminals. That's the bigger problem there. But remember, Obama Obama had a scandal-free presidency. You know what's amazing, dude, is you know where I'm from. I'm from New York. I say it every day. I love it. I love it. I'm really proud of where I'm from. I'm really happy to be here. I really like taking part in New York stuff. I talk to people all the time about one of my best friends. Well, New York is the largest small town of all time. Everyone has a New York story. Uh, Yeah, I got a whole bunch of New York stories, including several in an olive garden. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when my grandpa came came over to this country as an illegal alien... He yeah. landed at Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. With, or yeah. Jesus. You, did you see the other one the other day? Pete Buttigieg was saying Jesus was a refugee. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> ah, Christ. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, is it again with you? Oh, that's like my one of my favorite memes of all time is uh, fuck off, Jesus. Have you ever seen these, these memes? Is, I'm not a of Jesus. Few. It's Jesus suggesting people actually make really bad decisions. <laughs> it's like someone's driving, and Jesus is like on the side, and he's whispering, a real shame if you hit that guy. And the guy's like, Jesus, stop. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, what was I talking about? Uh, before meme Jesus, what was I saying? Pete Buttigieg. It was Pete Buttigieg talking Pete about Buttigieg. how Jesus was a refugee. Buttigieg. Yeah, you're a proud New that. Yorker because as proud as New Yorker. Know. Proud again. We go. Yeah. One of my best friends who I've known for. Uh, uh, thank you, by the way. That was incredible. That we just kind of re- <laughs> rewinded <laughs> like that. That was amazing. Um, but one of my best friends uh, of all time who I've known for over a decade, and I'm only 23, so that's <laughs> a long fucking time. <laughs> um, uh, he is uh, LGBTQ. He is the most liberal gay guy you could ever meet ever and so I talk to him all the time and he's very interested in politics and so I get to hear his opinion on politics a lot and it's 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 even that person I the other day I was talking to him about Obama's crimes and even he was like yeah yeah he did a lot of awful shit didn't he 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I can't be mad because it's like when you're under the spell, you're under the spell. There's nothing you can do about it. I can't expect people to be as jaded and cynical as me because otherwise, how would they live their lives? It took me a long time to like come to terms with the fact that I, I feel like everything is fake and, 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 and horrible and awful. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I know so many things about I was listening to a Scott Horton podcast about the torture of Abu Zubaydah today. Like, yeah. normal human beings don't listen to that kind of shit. So, very difficult to expect other people to think the way that you do when normal human beings ain't fit for that kind of depressing shit all the time. But I am, so I fucking do it. Yeah. Anyway, I was talking to him, and he's, like, completely, completely um, lost the illusion about Obama. And I think that people are losing that illusion despite Trump. It's weird. There was a little bit of mythologizing of Obama for a little while, and now there's mostly just, well, Obama was better than Trump. <laughs> and yeah. that is a very different idea than, you know, Obama was Jesus Christ incarnate. Again, come back for the, for the second coming to deliver us from evil. Yeah. That was really an opinion that people had of Obama for a little while when Trump was early president. Now, I think everybody is just so jaded about politics in general. I'm very, very interested to see how this next thing turns out because – Oh, yeah. The, the voter turnout yeah, alone should tell you that if no one was yeah. an actual selection, it would have won the presidency by a landslide. Yeah. Think about how absolutely bonkers the 2016 election was oh, yeah, and yet crazy. only a third of the population could even be bothered enough to walk a couple blocks in the major cities and then yeah. drive a few minutes in very small towns. Um, but luckily, most of the population is in the big cities and in like moderately sized towns, not small towns. So we can really yeah. knock most of that off. Even in big cities, like you only got a third, only a third? People are just tired. And yet, yeah. 2016 was but a it's the most election. important election of our lifetime. No, 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 and I really think that that's actually a true statement, especially if, like Eric, we've just or I've just stated to you my belief that this country is coming to a close as we know it. And so, yeah, every election is more important because we are entering a period of time <laughs> we can't turn back from. Um, not just the way we fuck up, but everything else we've fucking done. Uh, uh, new new title idea: back. Closing Time with Bird Orcus. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really do think that. I really do think we're in closing time. And so I really do think every election is the most important election of everyone's lifetime because it has to be, right? We're leading to something. We're getting somewhere. Something's going to pop. And so uh, the fact that the hysteria that developed around that election developed around it, uh, it despite the fact that only a third of the population was actually engaged enough to go vote, tells me one of two things. Right. Either, number one, people are big-time liars – and they don't actually give a shit about anything, but they play it up for show. And then when it actually comes time to dedicate some time to doing something that nobody else sees, which is you voting, you yeah. don't do it. All that tells me is that we have a very disillusioned population who doesn't give a fuck about anything, doesn't yeah. care about anything very other nihilistic. than momentary joy, which is a very nihilistic thing. Yeah, doesn't, very don't nihilistic. Give a shit about, yeah. and, and I'll tell you what. If, if you think a population like that can can help the United States survive into the 22nd century, I hate to tell you, you're a fool. No. You're a fool. No. Um, and then the other option is that we really have a disillusioned population that doesn't go vote or care yeah. about the election cycle. And the minute that people – that more – like imagine 
if that was 33% of people who genuinely cared, what the fuck does 50% look like? Oh my God! Yeah. What does seventy-five percent of a of a volunteer voting population do to society? Holy Christ! If it can get this crazy over thirty-three percent of the population, oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah. can it do at sixty? What can it do at sixty? People are going to be shooting one another. I mean, they're shooting one another every day. People are going to be shooting one another twice a day and three times on Sunday. It's it's insanity. It's yeah. really crazy. Three times on Sunday, but not twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, three times on Sunday. Three it's times a on special Sunday. day. Yeah, I, uh, maybe the, maybe you should just title this uh, "Bird Says Doomsayer Things" for <laughs> an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, really. <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should name it that because this is what goes on inside of my head, dude. This is most of my time is spent thinking about how badly we fucked up when we fucked up and how I can stave that off yeah. because I'm, I'm a Christian I really do care about the vast majority and I'm just not saying you have to be a Christian to care about this but this is why I care I, I, I'm a Christian I really care about the vast majority of people and their well-being and I hope that they're good but at the same time like I, there's, I can only fucking push this horse so far it's got to take a drink eventually <laughs> or it's going to fucking die of dehydration and at, in the meanwhile I'm drinking out of the pond thank you i'll be drinking out of the pond and staving off dehydration which is why i try and read as much as i do and why i, I try and keep my head in the clouds as much as i can because it's the only way in this weird world we enter that one can think the thoughts that i think and not want to murder themselves <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it's it it's the bird man's burden I gotta, I gotta keep all this knowledge so that you guys don't have to know any of it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how I view it. Because I will drop little hints at the office to people about where I kind of think, and uh, it's yeah. it's always kind of fun to watch their face scrunch up. It's like, uh -huh. what do you mean you're anti cop? <laughs> It's like yeah, well. and you know what's funny is there's been times I I'm a I am a good speaker. I can get people. I can get to that point that someone like Pete gets me, where my eyes are open and I'm like, mm -hmm. I can get people to do that. When I I was talking about anarchism the other day, people were like on board. They were like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm tired of this shit. I don't know about your anarchist stuff, but whatever. If you're saying this stuff doesn't work, I'm on board. I'm yeah. on board. You, you could get people if you start really talking to them about it, but you got to be damn confident in what you're saying. Like, you got to not give a shit that they want to listen. You got to be like, I'm sorry, you got to hear this. You yeah. got to hear this. And how you want to accept it is up to you. But I'm going to tell you, Obama actually killed two American citizens with drone strikes in two separate incidents without seeking uh, any sort of legal. Uh, 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 approval of that. Um, yeah, one I'm of them was a 16-year-old kid. Now think about a 16-year-old boy. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. And Donald Trump, by the way, uh, had killed uh, his uh, sibling, his who was like year a six-year-old girl. Yeah, eight-year-old girl. And, and our two presidents are responsible for these things. Um, and you need to know that, and you need to come to terms with that. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's now a piece of information you need to bear in your head and do whatever you need to do with it. But yeah. you need to hear it. I'm not like. There's something about a lot of anarchists and libertarians where they don't want to be a hassle or a fuss. Um, and then there's a lot of them who aren't concerned with nothing other than being a hassle or a fuss. And I think neither of those approaches are good. I think if I hear an opportunity come up where I get to explain the crimes of Obama, uh, you better believe I'm going to start and finish that sentence. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, there's no time anymore to wait in the distance and be like, 
I don't know, guys. I don't think Obama was that great. Yeah. You know, there's no time for that anymore. It's, yeah, you can't. hey, you know, I know you like Obama. What do you think about the fact that he killed two American citizens without seeking any legal approval to do so in a foreign country? One of them was associated with the terrorist group, but the other one was a 16-year-old boy. What do you think about that? And then you at least get the honest answer, which is, well, they were associated with terrorist groups. I'm glad that he killed them. Or you go, well, a president shouldn't do that. And, you know, the, the, the former, I don't have any argument against because at least it's an honest, um, yeah. I want the president to be a world tyrant. And that's okay. If you believe that, cool. We can go from there. That's fine. Nothing stopped us. And that's what I'm concerned about. The other half is, good, I'm glad you've now downloaded that fact about President Obama so that anytime anyone brings him up, maybe, maybe, in the back of your mind, you remember the fact that he drone struck two American citizens. One of them was a, a minor. Yeah. It just that's all I'm concerned about is just be aware of it. I, I don't intend to change anyone's mind, but I do intend to give them enough information that they will have to be ch make a change one way or another. Yeah, and you can always uh, I don't uh, care you, how they do it. Yeah, you can always do Horton's law. You know, attack the left from the left and the right from the right. That always seems to work uh, too. I, uh, yeah, Horton's law works if you know those positions. If you don't know those positions and you just know facts, just say them. Yeah, just say them. Yeah, I'm not trying to convince anybody to become a libertarian i'm really not i'm not concerned about it uh, this is a very temporary world that i can only do so much to protect my own family i'm really not trying to change the whole world i'll tell you that uh, if i can do that in the process god bless but if i can't i'm okay with that i'd like to just protect my family however um it, there, there's information that i'm gonna say as a fact and it, and and other people need to be forced to make a decision as to what they believe about that fact because uh, for Obama in particular the Obama example number one like I said you, you get the people who go I don't give a shit he was a terrorist and his son would have become one we kill them whatever that's cool yeah. um, and then the other side of course says well that was wrong and now I know that well then hopefully that side moves in one direction and then for the purposes of why I'm saying this the other side that side that says I don't care I can look at them and go that's cool motherfucker now I know Right yeah. now, I know. Now I know stand. when I get labeled a terrorist because I have contradictory thoughts to how the country should be run. <laughs> yeah, we know I know you'll be. It. We know who's doing it right there, the, 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 cheering the, the, me on the when is, I get my head lopped off. You know, it, the thing is, um, so the Obama example is one example, right? Is is somebody who thinks that our leader should be the world leader, right? There's not all that much that I can do about that because the honest answer to that is, well, he's 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 supposedly my leader too, right? Yeah. So. Uh, if I had to have a king rule the world, I'd rather it be mine, right? <laughs> so I can't really say that much in that respect. The other part is, for example, with the gun-grabbing argument, one day there will not be an argument. Cody Wilson used to say this, and I was saying it I, I was saying it before Cody Wilson. I think yeah. we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it, and Cody said it out loud, is there's going to be a time when this is not a discussion, and I can go and print a fucking gun in my own house. Now, I don't want to do that. I don't like guns. They freak me out. They're loud. They scare me. They kill people. Ah, people can have them. Do what you want with them. I, they creep me out. But there's no conversation anymore about yeah. it. It's just an inevitability. And, and so when the people who go, uh, yeah, I'm okay with Obama, Obama drone striking those, those terrorists because, you know, this, he's fighting for my team. Um, really, there's going to be times when we can go, that's cool. Um, the minute you want to drone strike me, good luck, right? Like, yeah. uh, good luck doing that. Good luck doing that. Yeah. It's all well, well saying he was going to nuke the country. I, I invite you to, motherfucker, please take me off this rock. Please. Please, I, I invite microphone. you to nuke them. 
yeah. Nook them. Nook them. I, I do. I, 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 at this point, it's, it's so much like, um, come and take them is my general feeling about everything these days. Yeah. Is, you know, I don't like cops. So what? What are you going to do about it? Uh, and, like, I do this with people who are on my side. If, if you are really so adamant about something and you don't intend to do anything about it, can we talk about something else? Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's not waste our time. If yeah. you really hate the state this much and you want to talk about it as much as you do, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, and I think that that's sort of where I stand with most things is if you ain't ready to do something about anything, then you better start moving in line with the system. Otherwise, I'll be passing you by and moving in line as well. Let's either make change or shut the fuck up. I, 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 at this point, I'm tired of just riffing about change. This yeah. is why I've think I've moved into pragmatism a lot more because I'd actually like to start doing things instead of just talking about them. This is why I respect agorists so much, though I don't agree with their tactics and I don't think they would work for me personally anyway. Um, I respect them so much because those people are doing things, right? right. They are investing in Bitcoin, moving their uh, uh, wealth off of major uh, federally controlled platforms, people who yeah, are spreading, exactly. like my buddy Aaron, people who spread CAD files underneath uh, gun-grabbing uh, threads. Yeah. Um, these people are heroes, dude. Small-time heroes. Just do whatever the fuck you want because they can't stop you on the internet. You know, they just can't stop you. Yeah, you can't stop uh, the single. Make some change. Make some change and stop bitching about shit you can't change. Yeah, just, um, uh, you know, kind of take my tactic is I'll keep chipping away at that myth until there's no yeah. myth left. You know, right. it's, it's a it's a big mountain, though. <laughs> right at this point, yeah, so it's, I, it's this is why another reason why I don't have conversations anymore. Um, really, with like unless somebody asks me my opinion, I I don't say um, most of my opinions anymore. Again, unless they're relevant. Like people know now. Like if you ask me a question about some shit. These are my close friends, so they already know the deal. Yeah. I'm, I, they already know the deal. If you're going to ask me about some, some shit, you're going to get a perspective which does not fall in line with your understood uh, areas of, of perspective. <laughs> you have your conservative opinion, your liberal opinion. You might even have a progressive opinion. You may get a postmodernist opinion in there. You may get an anarchist opinion. I have my opinion, and I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to give you the fact Right? I'm going to give you the facts behind it and what I think about it. Obama killed American citizens. I think that's fucking whack. That's yeah. it. There's no discussion, right? You can't, here's the first part. You can't discuss that fact. It's a fact, right? You can't go, well, I don't think that happened. Sorry. Google it. <laughs> it's quite literally a, a, a very well known thing. <laughs> yeah, was... And then secondarily, I don't like that. Someone goes, why don't you like that? I go, you shouldn't kill people uh, without giving them a fair trial. And they go, well, I don't agree. And I go, that's cool. There's no discussion yeah. to be had. I'm not going, I don't intend on changing someone's mind because minds are rarely changed through conversation. Uh, they're usually only changed through great stress and uh, personal experience. So I, I admit that, and I'd rather be more fruitful in other areas, like bombarding people with information like that when asked, and that's it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So, Instead uh, of having a 30-minute conversation about, like, oh, why do you think it's bad to kill American citizens? How about we have a 10-minute conversation about what Obama did? How about we do that instead? <laughs> because we could just discuss the facts of the matter. Yeah. I would like that. 
It's like, uh, well, you know, I could talk to you about somebody murdering somebody else without any kind of yeah. due process uh, if you sure. want, but... <laughs> sure, right. It's like, uh, you know, uh, people who have discussions about whether or not it was reasonable for an officer to fire his gun in a given situation. How about, let's not even talk about that, and let's talk about uh, police domestic violence statistics. Let's talk about things that are factual, things that don't involve... Um, an experiential opinion, someone looking onward as if we're playing basketball and looking at a replay. How about we just talk about the facts of the matter? How about we just talk about how the black community feels about the situation? You know, the perceived victim group, let's ask them how they feel. Let's ask the cops how they feel in relation to the perceived victim group. Let's not do any speculation. Let's just get the facts out there. It's the only way that conversation really is persuasive because opinions require the person listening to accept them. Facts yeah. do not. Facts do not. People can deny a fact all that they want, and then they simply cannot acknowledge anything in relation to that fact when it comes up again. Or they will be revealed as morons. Think about it this way. You deny the Holocaust. Anytime a conversation about the Holocaust comes up, you're either left alienated because you're an idiot and a Holocaust denier, or you move into acceptance of it. This is just how shit works when you don't want it to. I hate to tell you this, but this is just how shit works. Facts stand for themselves, and that's it. Yeah. If they stand for themselves and you have to repeat them uh, without any argument or conversation, you have to repeat them. Somebody, you, somebody asks you, hey, what was the worst thing you think Obama ever did? You go, he drone struck two American citizens. They go, what? I go, yeah, Google it. That's it. Just Google it. Yeah. His Don't name was. Don't give you the story. Google yeah. it. If you're really that interested, you know you can find it on Google. That's yeah. it. And war so much lucky. more effective. Yeah, just yeah. I, I usually just drop the name Anwar Elalaki and his sixteen-year-old yeah, son. Go ahead and look it yeah. up. Go ahead and look it up. Read the stories, and uh, hopefully you can come to your own conclusion on the matter. I, it's more important you know that it happened because, again, I think I said this the other day. I would rather have someone who's anti-free speech than someone who makes bad free speech arguments. Much rather, I would much rather it be very clear what side everybody stands on yeah. so that we can secede from one another right. and fucking live with the people who we agree with and get that show on the road because uh, again 22nd century is coming and if there's no secessions by the time the 22nd century rolls around I mean shit we're only in you know two, 2020 we got 80 years if there's no secession movements come on that would be terrible I, I really think there could be yeah, and right now we're at we're at the point uh, where Gandhi had said, uh, you know, first they're going to laugh at you. So the secession movements for like you know the state of Jefferson and the Northern California, <laughs> yeah. Southern Oregon, right. we're all kind of laughing about that. Right. Uh, you know, there's real talk about Texas down here becoming its own country again, and people are kind of laughing about that. Uh, and the Liberland thing over there in Slovenia and Croatia, that little stretch of uh, land that neither country wants to acknowledge as theirs. Uh, people laugh about that one. It's like, oh, they get, you know, they're going to what? They're going to form a little liberal country because they don't understand the word, you know, liberty anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> right now at the point where they're just kind of laughing at those type of things. Uh, and even the, uh, the Bob Murphy zombie thing, neo-confederate. And when we start talking about secession movements, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's Which I thing. actually, I don't think that that's as popular as people say. Because again, I, I, I was talking to my friend about secession movements, and he was on board with it. He was like, "Yeah, I, I really do think 
there's clearly irreconcilable differences that we have with other people that we just yeah. there's no way that we can we can solve them with without conflict and violence and I'd rather not have conflict and violence and have everybody go their own separate way this is what he was saying to me it's 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 not it's Unfortunately, because it's being said by a group of people who already have a bad rap because people have slandered them in the past. But, like, just to – if you really get your average person talking, it's not that unreasonable to say yeah. something like that. It's not. It's yeah, really and anytime not. I bring silent, up secession – The majority is – go ahead. I was, like, was going to say, anytime that I bring up the notion of secession, I always kind of frame it through the lens of divorce. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, sure. if you got this woman sure. who's being abused and psychologically manipulated by her husband, uh, so sure. you're saying that she can't leave the husband without getting her ass kicked first? Sure. <laughs> you know, we we have this right. system called divorce. <laughs> Let right. us just divorce. I, uh, the way I always look at it is because I'm around a bunch of uh, blues. I go, um, do you realize that a uh, bunch of people you don't know from states that you've never been to? Uh, decided who the president was for you and they pretty much from that they go yeah I can see why this is clearly not a unified culture of people making a uniform decision about how they all want to be ruled Um, yeah yeah. they chip away at that myth we never were in the first place we never we really never were it was established by aristocrats most people actually wanted to remain with 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 with, uh, the, the empire um, under the king, and 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 it's yeah, it's it's all a myth too. I'm telling you, it's all a myth. Well, even after the country oh. was established, there's never been one, you know, culture. There's, no. there's always been several. No. <laughs> yeah, there's never been. There's yeah, never been one. Yeah, and it, you know, I just I just did I just did my sigh, Eric. I just heard my own sigh. <laughs> I just did my sigh. I, I don't know why this, we've only been going at this for about two hours now. I mean, <laughs> two hours, two hours. I was like, I, I had before I started recording, uh, I, I had said, oh man, I I really don't want this to go much past ten o'clock. And then you got me talking about really the only things that I'm interested in talking about. And now it's almost going to eleven o'clock. <laughs> so. <laughs> Please release me from my shackles <laughs> before Stop, I please. keep going. Before I keep going, I really I could I could be this melancholic all yeah. night. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. I mean, that's what we do here. Uh, <laughs> but nice. uh, but since you want to uh, bring it to a close so that you can get some kind of sleep tonight, why don't you go ahead and uh, I know. drop all your plugs? <laughs> oh man, all of my plugs. Well, Jesus. Uh, okay, so at Birdarchist, you can find me on Twitter at Birdarchist. Uh, you can find my podcast, the Friends Against Government podcast, that I host with my co-host at Car Campit. Car and I are good friends. We do a show, Little Liberty, Little Comedy, Little Aliens, Little yeah. Bigfoot, Little of Everything, Little Road um, Toad, Road Toading all around the place. Yeah. We do uh, it but, once hey, a week. Hey, we do hey, some wait bonus a second. Episodes. Wait a second. You can't. Oh, 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 you, you can't go to at car camp because he's locked his goddamn account oh right um so don't go to his account because yeah. he should not be encouraged for that decision i don't understand why yeah, we're, that decision. we're not condoning that like behavior it. i don't understand it, really i don't understand why someone who makes tweets that are so retweetable that like if only he if only he opened that account and continue to focus on making those tweets that he makes that are so retweetable. He'd have way more followers than me. But instead, he's chosen the other route. And, yeah. and honestly, Carl and I are very much parallels of one another in a lot of ways. He and built a wall around that. his account, and we he don't built like a wall walls. around his account. Yeah. And I've been on this rampage of followers. I'm at 2,200 now. Whoa, st- congratulations. I, I was at, I was at I, literally, I was at 2,000 at... Uh, and I remember vividly for reasons I wish I didn't remember, but I remember the date vividly. Uh, I hit 2,000 
in mid-November. It's now just about January 1st, and I'm, I got 200 more, and I'm really happy about it. And it's my thing that I really love doing is just clout chasing yes. and getting as many followers as possible. It's a lot of fun. And Carr is now doing the agoristic thing yeah. of cultivating the followers that he already has, making them feel at home, uh, and, and I like it, but I wish I could retweet him. That's it. I wish you could retweet uh, locked accounts to only other people who have him available to see. So it would be that would be great because that's all I really would need. You know, one thing um, we could do is just take screenshots of his tweets and then just retweet them. That <laughs> Did you see my threat? Did you see the threat I posted? That's literally the threat that I posted. Yeah, was, that's uh, why I was kind of referencing it. Yeah, that's 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 I wanted. I'm going to do it if he really if he doesn't comply, I'm going to do it, and, and he can't stop me. No, that's true. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, anyway, um, besides the podcast, which we hope you check out and enjoy, um, and again, please listen to the episode that's coming out on January 1st where I explain my conspiracy theory. It is just absolutely nuts. Uh, besides that, um, Childerberg, I want to plug Childerberg, starts on uh, May 21st and ends on the 23rd, uh, coinciding with the Libertarian National Convention, roughly thereabouts. I will be at the Libertarian National Convention as well. Hopefully yeah. I'll be a delegate, but I'll be there regardless. Um, and other than that, nothing in particular, Eric. That's it. Okay. That's that's good. <laughs> and cool. end recording. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Squaw! Th- I got to do my squaw. I got <laughs> to do my squaw. Go ahead and do your squaw. <clears throat> squaw! Squaw!